0: And welcome back to Stuff We've Seen. This is your friendly neighborhood host, Jim. And of course, I don't do it alone. With me is the person that you're probably tuning in for. You know him. You love him.
1: It's Teal. How's it going, buddy? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Wait, I didn't get a fancy intro that time. I have to change it up. I don't always have a fancy <laughs> intro. I, I said that this is the person everybody's been waiting for. You, I mean, but I should have been introduced as the guy who assisted Jean Luc Godard's suicide. <laughs> that's dark. That's really
0: dark. Wow, look at that. Um, you know, and that would be it. Would be that would be in poor taste if he was like say sixty or something. But I right, mean, he, he was ninety one. That's a, that's an amazing run
1: that's that's an amazing run i understand uh at that age I, I i don't know what kind of health he was in but i understand wanting to go out on your own terms at 91 i get it which
0: is exactly how
1: godard did everything so he did, he did everything on his own terms and this was no exception he yes at, at every point in his life he did not follow he did not toe the line i guess yeah, I mean, for a guy
0: who, who smoked endless uh, French cigarettes and cigars, I mean, yes. ninety one, I think, is pretty pretty good.
1: Um, and and up until recent, you know, a few years ago, he he was still active doing things. So, uh, well, know. yeah, his last film I think was two thousand eighteen. So,
0: yeah, and and just so you know, I mean, again, when when a biggie a biggie in in film it passes away, we mention it, and he was a biggie. And just to kind of give him his proper due, not not this episode, but probably in an episode or two, because we think we may do a two-part episode for what we're going to talk about today. Um, we will discuss uh, Godard more in depth, and we are going to go down a rabbit hole and watch a bunch of stuff so yes. that we get a good handle on him. Uh, he's not an e- he's not your traditional filmmaker. And not easy to digest. Um, so we're going to do it and then we'll talk to you about it. Maybe you'll be interested then listener uh, to check out some of his work.
1: Yeah. We're, we're even going to check out some of his work that you shouldn't check out. Yeah. Just so that you don't have to check it out. So you don't have to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. So, you know, get those berets out of the mothballs and get them ready for a few weeks from now. Um but, uh, anyways, uh, first off, how how are you doing with Better Call Saul? You're you're still
1: ch- kind of chugging I, away. My my whole life right now is about Better Call Saul. Um. <laughs> now, it, now it's, and again, we don't want to give away anything for
0: people who are still like, hmm, I do want to check that out. But uh, is it surprising? Is the show
1: surprising to you because it's not what you thought the show might be? It's a little, it, yeah. It's it, so I thought some of my preconceptions were that the show was going to be more comedic than it is. And yes, it's pretty funny, but the other big surprise for me, and this is something that sort of, you know, was introduced early on in the first season, but I didn't realize what, uh, how interesting this character was going to be is the Kim Wexler character. Oh, I mean, that, that was, that's,
0: that's the great thing about this show is that not only will you get better, uh, not better, uh, Breaking Bad characters yeah. uh, and plot lines in the series, which is what should satisfy all those people that right. want more, you know, uh, Breaking Bad, but you get some great, interesting characters that had nothing to do
1: with uh, Yeah, Yeah, and she's bad. just – the characters kind of snuck up on me over the course of the show and just – what an incredible character and character arc and just so intelligently written. Uh, I mean, I think I said this on our last episode, the show is just so well thought out that it puts a lot of other shows to shame that didn't have quite as careful planning. So you really, the, the character arcs are so well done because of that planning. Yeah. And at no point do I feel like anyone is, doing something out of character for the purpose of the plot. I agree.
0: Um and of course like I said we're not gonna, this is not a uh better call Saul show.
1: <laughs> it's a, you know stuff But I, I will say I have not been watching really much of anything else uh, except stuff with my kids um but I really haven't been watching anything else except better call Saul. I've been totally hooked on it. Well, there's a lot of things that are getting ready to come out, a lot of movies. Um, and, you know, even though if we have
0: our themes, we will try to slip in some of those. So the one that I'm really looking forward to, and I'm going to see it this weekend in the theater, is the pre prequel, yes, prequel to X, uh, the Ty West yes. horror film from earlier this year, which I absolutely loved. I think we're going to talk about it, not today, but um, is that I'm going to
1: try to see this movie if I can. I tried to convince my daughter, and she just uh, – She's not going to a horror movie.
0: Oh uh, well, I mean, I still think that this is unless your kid's super interested. This is more in a weird way; it's an adult fare. <laughs> oh, uh, I would have loved it. We, I mean, I would have loved it as a kid. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I I I would have jumped to see this as a teenager, and but I was into some, as you were too. We've talked about this a lot. How you know we were into horror films as teenagers, and. My whole family makes fun of me because I'm from New England and I say horror instead of horror
0: <laughs> I now now let's see how would I say it? horror films? Did I just do it yeah you
1: say horror too
0: <laughs> horror yeah um, <laughs> as a matter of fact just as you know occasionally I look I look and scour the internet just as if we could ever get you know some guest and, and my big get right everybody has a big yeah. get that they'd like and obviously Terence Malik, if you're out there listening to our show
1: <laughs> you're always welcome on the show except yeah. uh, we're not going to talk about song for song or song to song no, whatever that but,
0: but he's so notoriously uh, hard to get that I would love yeah. to have uh, him on the show uh, yeah. but the person that I would love to have and, and again this is another person who kind of dropped out of the industry doesn't have a social media presence really hard to know where he's at what he's doing uh, but he's not he's not that old but he's been in the industry forever because he got into it when he was like 20 uh, and even as a teenager is the great uh, makeup effects master Rob
1: Boteen yes oh yeah that it's would be a, like
0: we'd clear the decks and that would be the one i would want is to have rob boteen on the show because is that how so his much. name is
1: pronounced it I, always thought botten, it was, I don't know i, I always mean, thought it was botten but yeah
0: but that's because you're from new england
1: just like me <laughs> exactly so i don't know is it Botine <laughs> or botten but only rob could answer that question <laughs> so me. please come on the show and talk to us yeah yeah ironically um, his last
0: credit <laughs> Uh-huh his last credit is in 2014 he worked on Game of Thrones and I believe they called him in to work on the Viper Mountain scene
1: oh interesting
0: yeah <laughs> which I had just got through that part because okay. we're rewatching the show with our oldest because we are all watching the House of the Dragon together and uh my oldest who's fourteen he is just loving Game of Thrones he is yeah. loving it.
1: Well, yeah, and I am uh, just more and more, I'm such a sucker for practical effects, whether it's uh, special makeup effects or stunts or whatever it is. Um, You know, it's like we were talking about before. It's that it's why I, one of the reasons I love Top Gun Maverick versus, versus any Marvel movie. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we have a we have a actually a duty to do on
0: this show today, and I don't want to get derailed. But boy, I got to tell you something. (laughs) I haven't been so angry at a movie in a long time. Uh, Over the weekend, a family event, we all watched on Disney Plus the Thor: Love and Thunder,
1: Uh which you saw and said it was terrible. I saw it in the theater, and my kids hated it. And my and my kids like Marvel, like. My boys are slowly or quickly becoming non-Marvel fans. Oh, they, mine are becoming non-Marvel fans in large part because of that movie. It, it's, it's like it pulled the it, – it, it, <laughs> it's like it suddenly, somehow exposed the whole thing for the sham that it is. Well, I mean, it's been going down this path
0: you know, since Disney Plus with all their Marvel TV shows um, because it's, it's gotten into sort of a farcical – yes avenue where it doesn't it always has with a little tongue-in-cheek which is fine for superhero movies
1: uh comic book movies whatever it is but but there was something sincere about them even if they were a little tongue-in-cheek they it, it was like they believed in their own sentimentality in a way and i'm not getting that anymore
0: well, now it's just – it. none of – I mean, you know, we always talk about you have to have your own, like, rules that sort of make sense for its own universe. Right. And none of this makes sense. I mean, it's just – it's so goofy and bad. And this is combined with this She-Hulk show that they have on.
1: Genius. Th-
0: that my kids and I – watched it and it's really it's really bad and then the last they've had four episodes on it and the last two episodes were just so bad that it was like bad saturday morning tv when they would do a live action thing like a sid and marty croft (laughs) no it's actually
1: worse than that and i'll tell you why have you watched it yes i've watched it but you haven't watched all of it i have watched all of it oh you have so you've seen those last two episodes you know what i'm talking about yeah, and here's my biggest issue with it. Aside from it being bad, it's boring. Yeah, it's a little bit – it's like some of the jokes are too adult, even though it's goofy. Right, but it's just it's just boring. And it, it, none of the – the jokes aren't interesting. It's bad the, writing. Oof, it's, it's bad writing. The direction is flaccid. And the effects suck. And like all of those things would be forgivable if it was interesting or at least you could make fun of it. Um, but it, it, it's not even it's not even goofy. fun. You know, I'm all for like dumb, goofy fun. Uh, and, and but it, there's nothing fun about it. It's just dreary. I mean, Tatiana Maslani, who I really like. I'm a big fan of her. I love I love that show.
0: The, the, the Orphan Black.
1: I love Orphan Black, yeah. I haven't seen all of it, but I watched like the first three seasons. Yeah, it falls apart a little towards I the know, end. I know, that's
0: why I stopped watching it. But uh, she's great. But she actually looks uncomfortable being in the she room. She does. She yeah. looks like she's like, I signed on for this. God, I hope they only do one season because the Marvel probably made her sign a contract. And she's like, the money was good, but this is bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, – it's ill-conceived. And the worst part – this is this is the part where it, – it, this is where it ties into the Thor Love and Thunder is because they actually tie in events from other Marvel movies yes. into it, it's now what part of canon. Yes. And so, it's kind of saying this ridiculous
1: crap is part of the whole – This is part of the same universe. And so, I predicted this about a decade ago. <laughs> you saw where <laughs> it was headed. <laughs> I did. And I remember telling a friend of the show – Mr. Zach. Okay. Uh, He was uh, a a Marvel fan at the time. Okay. And he was even so far as watching uh, agents of shield. I did watch a few episodes, and that was already like
0: no i don't wanna i don't want I don't want my my enjoyment of Marvel spoiled by this
1: awful show <laughs> so so he was a Marvel fan, and he was excited about uh how they were doing the universe and everything, and I remember telling him at some point, not too far in the future, this thing is going to collapse under its own ridiculous weight. <laughs> well, it's happening, and now it's happening, and I feel you know vindicated.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what, when I see something like Thor Love and Thunder, I start to s- feel like a cynicism that the studio yes. is like, we could just put whatever we want out there. And anytime somebody made like pipe up it, it, it within the boardroom and say, yeah, this doesn't really, this is too ridiculous. <laughs> They're probably like, nah, they eat it up. Fans yeah, who, don't care. Who so cares? They they they're, they're idiots. Well, that's the problem. I feel like they're treating their fans with this disdain like yes. you're you'll just eat any slop we give you. Yeah. Yeah. And this Thor really proved it. I mean, it is terrible. And, you know, uh, the Tatiana, Tatiana,
1: you know, the, the Waikiki, what's his name? I, I don't know. But his character is annoying.
0: You know, he's, he's, he's producing some good stuff on TV. I'm a monster fan of that show, Reservation Dogs. Uh, yes. He's behind that.
1: I love what we do in the shadows and what about that pirate show did you watch that i
0: watched an episode and i was like nope not for me yeah and i'll tell okay. you why though On that, I'm, I'm, it, I'm gonna we're gonna get into the show in a second we okay i just want to get into the show yeah. well we sort of did because you mentioned
1: 14 year olds so put up i was on trying i was trying to segue but i know but well, uh, only, we're having none of it we're
0: only 14 minutes into the show and we always spend 20 <laughs> minutes on, on, on fliffity flu and the thing is, is that pirate show it, it all looked like it was on a sound stage with green screen and it just – I didn't think that they were on a ship and it bothered me.
1: <laughs> okay. That's yeah. what
0: bothered uh, me. I'm like, this looks like they're just in a <laughs> room. And that, that's the thing was with this Love and Thunder, the whole thing looks like you can imagine them just in a, in a, in a sound stage with all that green screen and those little dots and suits just acting away. And none yeah. of it, not one ounce of it looks like it's real life.
1: And that's exactly why my 10-year-old has uh, become interested in Tom Cruise movies versus Marvel.
0: Yeah. Now, it's funny you mentioned. See, here's we're going to go segue. 10-year-olds, a few years ago, if you're a longtime listener of the show, one of our early sh- episodes we did, you were you – were f- frustrated you have two girls and you're like i don't know what kind of movies to show them because my daughter wants a certain type of film and we i find that they don't you know hollywood didn't give a lot of female oriented yeah. stories uh so we crafted a bunch of films that we thought that she would enjoy
1: um as a 10 year old and the, yeah age appropriate but also yes yeah, so it, with kind of a female twist but also just like classic films that uh i feel like you kind of need to be pop culture educated in a way you know so yeah. so like you need to see raiders of the lost ark yeah exactly you you, you can't go through life without seeing raiders of the lost ark.
0: <laughs> you know you, you hope so i mean my youngest actually just watched the whole thing for the first time but he's about that he's about yeah, the he's, right he's, age yeah, he's 10 yeah um But
1: now, of course, we're four years later, and your oldest is 14. Yes, we have teenagers now, and so it's a whole different scene. Well, because now they have
0: enough film language under their belt that if they enjoy movies, they enjoy kind of finding their own niche, like what they like. Yes. And that's the way my son is. I could tell him now, uh, well, I've already shown him so many of the classics, right? But he now will want to either find a movie on his own, or he, like, sees something on – TikTok or something that gets him interested, but he wants to find it out on his own. And if I tell him, let's watch this, he's probably (laughs) not going to want to watch it as much as if he says, I want to watch it. And that's what he would do is he'd hear about these films. And then suddenly he's like, you know, I'd like to watch this
1: movie. And we'd be like, why do you want to watch that all of a sudden? Yeah. That happened to me recently with uh, Brokeback Mountain. Interesting. Okay. So there's a great example. So this was your eldest. Yes. Okay. just came to you and said, I want to know about this Brokeback She said, I want to watch broken She watched it on her own. She didn't watch it with me. That, my, my son will do that. <laughs> he wants to watch it on his own. And So what's interesting, though, is this is so we started talking about this, you know, sort of high school film school or, you know, what what are sort of some classics sort of two there's sort of two categories here in terms of these films that we're talking about today. One is things that are fun to watch because you're in high school. (laughs) Um, and so I was, which that might vary by the way, from generation to generation, it totally varies from generation to generation. And they're sort of like, sometimes they're movies at the moment or they're just kind of so good. It's bad. Or they just, you know, tickle something in your generation, you know? So I was thinking like, if I was asked my favorite films at age 14, uh, probably reanimator would be on the list. Uh, Robocop taxi driver. (laughs) yeah
0: right i haven't shown i I don't think i can unless my son says to me hey i'd like to see this taxi driver i won't show it to him because he'll be like (laughs) i don't want to watch this
1: yeah and let's see full metal jacket was probably on my list and you know so i had weird sort of specific tastes but there were also some movies like reanimator which no kid now is going to want to watch reanimator my youngest would you're the youngest we're one. We're gonna watch it uh during October, which is horror month. <laughs> which is horror month. And and we'll get into that more uh in a few weeks. But uh so I realized, you know, there's some movies like that that are just kind of like uh they're like Reanimator was fun because of my age in a way. Although I started rewatching it a few weeks ago and I was totally into it. <laughs> well, the good movies should hold up. Yeah. Um, but then there's movies that sort of like uh, you kind of just have to see maybe because they're classics, they're, they're sort of important for cultural knowledge. Like, I feel like you have to see Casablanca. I
0: know. I mean, and I haven't my you know, I haven't uh, broached that topic with my oldest because I don't know whether or not, you know, I'm like, well, he can be older when he sees that for the first time and
1: appreciates it. You know? Sure. I, I mean, I'm not saying you have to watch it when you're 14, but I think maybe you should watch it before you go to college. Okay. So, you you kids out there, make
0: sure you put Casablanca <laughs> on your uh,
1: – So, you know, I, I mean, I don't – I'm not saying it's essential, but I'm saying there's there's sort of two parts to this when I was putting together a list. And some of them are things like Casablanca that I feel like you just kind of – you know, it's, it's part of the cultural knowledge and – It's good to have seen, and then some of them are really just good movies for that age group. Right. Yeah. So anyhow, that's uh, sort of the two – I I would put maybe um, (sighs) Dazed and Confused.
0: My son has seen
1: it. Yeah. I would put that in the like great for a high school kid kind of movie.
0: Yeah, but maybe older because I think he enjoyed it watching it, but I know that in a few years he'll watch it again and he'll really enjoy it.
1: Yes. So, these are not necessarily uh, freshmen in high school movies, but some of them are senior in high school movies. But see, I like – so, I like, though, introducing – if your kid's ready, I like sometimes
0: introducing them to a movie that they're not going to fully get because then they rewatch it. And they really like it And that's happened now To my son Yeah um, It happened with uh, Well he gave me a list Of films that he said Are his favorites Which obviously Could change And some of it May be influenced By the fact that He's recently watched Some of them uh, But you asked You said I want to know What he likes Yeah I'm curious um, So I, I I'm gonna, We don't have to talk About every one Of these movies But I'm just going To rattle off the list Because it's it's interesting One and, it, and we recently Rewatched this Okay I happen to Just had some time I turned it on I almost Knew that it was like going to be bait that he would like you know right <laughs> look up from his phone and watch and we, and we did over a couple of days and one of his favorites is now Pulp
1: Fiction. I'm not surprised, and that is on my list of things people should watch. But he watched it a couple of years ago, which was probably too young, and, <laughs> I think and he maybe enjoyed a it. But it wasn't, too young.
0: it wasn't his favorite Tarantino movie. He liked okay. others more, but now it's now it's up there. He really because he enjoyed the comedy stuff in it. I think he got it more.
1: Well, and there's some of this stuff. I've been watching some stuff with my 10-year-old lately, and I think maybe it's inappropriate, but even more so, she just doesn't get it.
0: Yeah, and that that happens with my son.
1: Yeah, and I I remember when I was 10 watching stuff and like, I don't know, say like The Graduate.
0: Yeah. Oh, I got it on a whole different level when I went to college (laughs) (laughs) inside. Exactly.
1: Yeah. uh, But there were some of like the adult things that I just didn't get at at, at age 10. I just uh, I, I didn't really know what sex was all about. And so like some of the sex references just went over my head. And so they weren't it wasn't like they were inappropriate. I just didn't even know what they were
0: so wait so i'm gonna give you the quick list so the second of course and, and he didn't do it all tarantino but this is one of his i was favorite expecting movies.
1: When, when when i asked you for this list i was expecting him to have all tarantino
0: you know, the second one this was i think is going to be his only tarantino that he was going to put on the list but his one of his all-time favorites he loves django unchained okay interesting and think about from a kid's point of view so even though it's it's obviously it's tarantinoized Anything that has to do with history of any sort, like just the the genres' history, he he's a big history fan. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, and, and so he he really he's seen that movie on his own like several times, and another one. Uh, I guess it's sort of weird. It's in that same sort of
1: genre, but he loves Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, interesting. Okay, and that was. Uh, that's a movie I put on my list. He saw that by himself. Um, again, this what is sort of, inspired him? Well, I think it's just
0: again he loves history and whatever he, you know, whatever his daily uh, doses of social media and things. <laughs> right. Whatever paths lead him to things. And then the next film on his list, which surprised me because I didn't know he really liked it as much as he did. Um, And sometimes the kids don't give you a reaction. They don't come afterwards. Oh, my God, that movie blew me away. But apparently this one did. It was another one that he requested we watch
1: was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, fascinating. I really that. So I saw that probably. I don't know. I was probably 12 the first time I saw it.
0: I was somewhere around thirteen, so
1: yeah, I, and I so I was I was in that age range, and I really sort of debated putting it on my list because uh, I don't know. I, I, so what is it? What clicked for him?
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> again, I don't know. He just gave me that, and we didn't have a big conversation about it. <laughs> but you know, he wanted. He must have again on the internet saw something yeah. about it and wanted to watch it. And you know, it's like that that the good movies when you're that age. You don't realize a film can be so good. And right. I think that it's a movie when
1: you're younger you might even like it better than when you're an adult. I think that's true with some of the yeah, some of these classics and also there's something about seeing an adult movie and I mean that not in terms of sex and violence.
0: No, it's like when I was a kid I loved terms of endearment. I saw it in the theater when it came out. I mean Me it was too. A, that's Me all too. adult but I yes. I mean I thought that movie was one of the best films of the 80s at the time. Yeah. I, it, you know, I it's not – it's it's dated a little bit. Um, I've We watched it, you know, over the years. Uh, but it was just – again, that's adult subject matter that you can yeah. understand as a kid. But I don't think – like when I was a kid and watching it, there were things that didn't quite fit together for me and yes. I couldn't understand. I didn't understand that it was like a period piece. And that, right? And that when they, when Jack Nicholson was like an astronaut, like I didn't understand that you know he was part of like that astronaut program. And this was the right. early seventies. In you know, I just didn't, I didn't know it.
1: Yeah, there was a few movies that are just popping into my mind right now that I saw at that age, like uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah, I love that. Great Santini. And I love that too. These are good. See, I you know I when when we won on this mission,
0: and I created a list. I created a list because I know you would ask on Facebook, like all people you know. And I found that people fall into the traps where they were giving very male-centric stories. And I remembered at the time, yes. your eldest daughter was interested in female stories i don't know if that's all the case but so often these classics i was like they may or may not be interesting to a teenage girl today so i tried to give you stories that might be and it's hard it's hard to find them
1: (laughs) it is hard so i asked my daughter to give me a list of favorite movies and i got a list from one of her friends too okay but i have to give you the
0: last oh yes sorry yeah yeah and, and, and he's loved it, but this new this recent experience of watching it, it really just blew the couch away. <laughs> um, was Mad Max Fury Road watching the black and white edition? <laughs> yes. We were like jaws dropped at how amazing that movie. Well, it's an
1: amazing movie anyway, but seeing it in black and white was a revel. It, it was a revelation. It 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 really is. I've seen it. Uh i don't know five or six times in color and twice in black and white i watched it with my daughter in color she now refers to it as that weird movie you made me watch (laughs) Uh, Well, I think she should see it again, but in the black and white. I, I agree. And I asked her why it wasn't on her <laughs> list of her favorite movies. And she said basically she couldn't knock anything off her list to make room for it. Oh, well, I'm now I'm very curious because I, I gave you my quick list of Alston's five. Which which are, with the exception of Fury Road, which are kind of male-oriented. Right.
0: right, And then, of course, Mad Max, which so the, the genre bending of it is that it is a
1: – Female-centric movie disguised as a male-centric movie. Disguised as a male-centric movie. And, of course, I think the, the next one, they're, they're ripping off the disguise and they're just going all in on Furiosa. So.
0: Yes, I can't wait.
1: So, okay. I asked my daughter and one of her friends, and they both have uh, an ironic movie on their list. Okay. Uh, the same movie, Okay, Twilight. That's horrible. And but I guess they, I was
0: never a teenage girl when Twilight was a thing, so I can't really judge.
1: Well, here's the thing is that, and and they're aware of this, that 10 years ago or whenever it came out, uh, maybe longer than that, I can't remember. It was when I lived
0: in Arizona, so it's over 10 years ago.
1: Okay, so maybe 15 years ago or so. When it came out, there were people who really liked Twilight. They were called Twihards. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, she wouldn't know just how, it was a
0: phenomenon and I had a baby at the time and I couldn't, we couldn't, we wanted to experience the phenomenon, but we never saw any of them in the theater. Well,
1: I, I, uh, during the phenomenon, I was at a bookstore and I picked up the book to check it out and I read like the first five or 10 pages and it was so bad. I just put it back on the shelf and said, I'm never, I, I want nothing to do with this. I
0: think my wife read the first one or maybe two.
1: And I did see the first movie, I don't know, on DVD at some point, And, you know, I, I was not impressed. I, I didn't hate it. I just, I was not into it. I've seen them all. I have not seen them all. And so anyhow, my point is, you know, like Pattinson at the time was, oh man, it was just a, a massive, uh, teen girl obsession with Pattinson because of this movie. But also people really, this teen girl uh, contingent really loved this movie. And my daughter and her friends, they watch this movie all the time. They do? Yes. All the time? <laughs> Every couple of weeks, they get together and watch it. And That's they, fascinating to me. And and through the whole thing, they trash talk it and make fun of people who like it. Yes, but without admitting to themselves that they clearly like it. Well, they they kind of do, but they also know it's terrible, and they, they just make fun of like to, to them. It's an old movie. Wow. Right. And so to them it it came out before they were born or right around when they were born. It's an old movie. It has old opinions about sexuality and race and uh, romance. And so to them, it's like, it's an archaic, it's the way we would look at something from say the fifties and how it deals with gender, uh, gender roles. Right. And they look at it that way as this is like an ancient movie that's hilarious because it's so dated. Wow. Yes.
0: That's great. I mean, that's why you have kids, so you can understand <laughs> how much time has passed, because 10 years to them is, is a long time. And-
1: exactly. And so that it, it was on both of their lists because it's, to them, hilarious. And did they watch all of them or just the first one? They've seen all of them, but the first one is the only one they've seen more than once. Gotcha.
0: Now, the first one is the only one that is – like. Anybody even tried as far as yes. making, was it Catherine Hardwick directed yes. it? Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it fails in some areas uh, tremendously because of terrible special effects. But she was at least trying to put her directorial spin on it. Yeah, the rest of them were just, forget it. It was like paint by numbers and they're yeah. horrible. Especially that last one, they break into two parts just because it was becoming the rage to like – cash cow and it was just the last one that they did the fourth one is just so terrible
1: i did not see it so you
0: should that one's hilarious that one's a real like uh, mystery (laughs) science theater worthy i think that's well
1: that's kind of what that's what it is the first one is to them is it's like mystery (laughs) science theater 3000 kind of thing they just trash it and i hear them in the other room I hear them like I'm making dinner and they're watching Twilight in the other room and I hear them just in hysterics and like, well, (laughs) I want
0: to fly to your house so I can. (laughs) <laughs> make dinner with you and like listen to that <laughs> it's so
1: yeah it's so funny and they just get you know so much uh joy out of it uh so you know and i so i don't judge because because of the way they're watching it where yes they do kind of love it and they also kind of hate it but it's become kind of a thing in their fr- friend group and there's in jokes about it and well, that's my my youngest. He doesn't like to just sit there and
0: watch a movie. He likes to trash talk a movie. Yeah. And so, that's why we end up watching horror movies with him because they are most of the time, you, know, you can talk through them and make fun right. of them. And he yeah. loves, he just appreciates the heck out of horror movies. <laughs> He's never scared at them, but he just loves, he just loves to talk to the screen.
1: Okay, so going on her list. Uh, now that we've gotten Twilight out of the <laughs> now way. Now that we've gotten, I had to get Twilight out of the way <laughs> because they both had it on their list. So it, 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 her films, she tends to like comedies. Okay. She doesn't like horror. She likes some action. She tends to be more comedy and more female-oriented. So uh, Juno. Ah, I'm, I'm. you know, my oldest, I, I'm waiting to, to
0: show him Juno. Um, I know that he watched, uh, like over the summer, he takes it on to binge things on his own, and he binged the Umbrella Academy.
1: Yeah, so we I've actually been watching that with her, Umbrella Academy, and she loves Elliot Page. And so she wanted to see this movie because of Elliot Page. And uh, she watched it with her friend, and they loved it. Um, And I get it. It's a really, uh, yeah, I get it. I get why they like it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched it since I saw it in the theater.
1: (laughs) Okay, Mean Girls.
0: Okay, got it. Yep, my oldest has seen that.
1: Uh, Heathers.
0: Oh, so she's and her friends have watched Heathers.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, she's into these kind of female-centric group of girls' high school movies. Okay, that's good. You know, she likes The Breakfast Club.
0: Interesting. My son, we watched that over the summer. He liked it. I don't know if he, you know. I don't think he ever talked about it again. But he, he yeah,
1: doesn't. no, she liked. I mean, she. It's not on her list, but she liked it, and it was interesting watching it because you know it was our time period. Yes. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff in it that's, from her perspective, really dated. It is. <laughs> but a lot of it actually was not as dated as she thought it was going to be.
0: Well, so I'm always fascinated by that. If is it true to the spirit of what it's like to be in high school even if it's a different you know time period i, I think i think the breakfast club is and i think that's why it's remains sort of a classic even though it's a problematic yeah. classic now um but i mean i can tell you that when it opened we had like i don't know what the deal was it was around a holiday or something and it was either like vacation week at school i'm I'm not sure but my mom dropped me and a couple friends off at this mall theater that you could buy the tickets if it was rated r and they didn't then question you if the parent bought the tickets mm. so we went in and it was i mean it was a sold out afternoon show and i think it was opening day and like it was you know that was a big move. At the time, I just thought, boy, this is somebody who gets what it's like to yeah. be in high school with the different groups and well, all Well, right from the David
1: Bowie quote on,
0: right? Yeah. So, I mean, it meant a lot to me because I knew those kids and I, and I grew up in a blue-collar uh, city and there was very distinct cliques. Yes, that really were like,
1: I mean, all of those kids were, I, I knew them. <laughs> well, and that's that's kind of, I think those, those types kind of still exist. And, you know, I mean, it's very white. Yes. It's very heterosexual. Yes. But, you know, she enjoyed it. And, okay, so the last movie on her list is Little Women. The new one? The new one with Florence Pugh. Yeah. And she's a Florence Pugh fan. I, I'm pew trying pew. to get her... I'm trying to get her to watch Midsommar, but- uh, Oh, yeah, my wife is a huge <laughs> Florence Pugh fan, man. I'm <laughs> and I'm trying to get her to watch Lady Macbeth also, but which you haven't seen, have you? No. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah but you true. didn't see The Little Drummer Girl, so there. There. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right.
1: And, uh, okay, so that's her list. And then the list from The Friend, uh, I'll just run through wait, it quickly. Wait, wait, I got to
0: ask you, though. Yeah. Is it she likes it because of the Florence Pugh, or is there a- timothy chalamet factor going on because i find that kids today of all sexes love the chalamet she
1: hates the chalamet
0: no (laughs) oh you should watch
1: call me by your name that's amazing she uh she i don't know she trash talks him all the time i don't know what what it is because i don't dislike him but you know we watched dune and she was annoyed you gotta watch
0: Call me by your name. I bet you you haven't seen okay. that,
1: right? Uh, yeah, she hasn't. So
0: phenomenal. Well, no, I'm saying you. I bet you. Oh yeah,
1: no, I haven't seen it either. It's
0: phenomenal. Yeah. You should check
1: it. Okay, out. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. But yeah, I I I have no. I kind of like the guy, but yeah, she does not like the Timothy okay. Chalamet. All right. She thinks he's too. uh I don't know, fragile looking or something. I I, I don't quite get her complaint. But
0: well, I'm going to mention something now, just because it ties in with Little Women. Yeah. If she hasn't seen it, because I, I I really feel like she hasn't seen it and you haven't seen it. And after seeing Little Women, really take a look at Lady Bird.
1: And Lady Bird is on my list of movies I want to watch with her. You, yeah. She,
0: I mean, I really think that's going to become a favorite.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. What else do we have here? American Psycho. This is The Friends? Yes. I think my oldest one, he was
0: dying to watch it. I think he watched it and he was not so impressed.
1: Did he not get the comedy?
0: No. Yeah, he got the comedy. It just, he just, I think it was built up in his mind what this movie was going to be. I mean, he he loves uh, Christian Bale and stuff. Okay. I think he was like me. I was kind of warning him, like, it starts off good, but eventually it just kind of goes.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So, the same same, uh, kid who had American Psycho also has Princess and the Frog. Oh, the Disney cartoon? (laughs) The Disney cartoon.
0: Well, you know, it's a childhood favorite. Right Right. For a generation, I
1: suppose. Um, And then two movies that I've not seen and I want to be judgmental about, but I'm not going to be because I haven't seen them. Have I seen them probably? Probably. Okay. Hit me up. Conjuring 1 and 2. Oh, um, I've seen them. The
0: Conjuring's pretty good.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have good. not seen either of them. So I, you know, I might check it out because I hear uh you know I hear good things about them.
0: Yeah, that's one where like Patrick Wilson and his wife play like 1970s uh,
1: sleuthers. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Right? Is that the one that's kicked off the whole Annabelle franchise? I think so. I don't really yeah. know. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been kind of out of the uh the horror. You got to get back into while. it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of stopped watching them because of the kids. And, uh, you know, then I kind of went on a little binge not long ago. But so anyhow, that was their list. That okay. was the that was the list I collected. And then I have my list. OK, which is always the most important list, <laughs> which is the most important list. Yeah. And the good news <laughs> is some of your list may maybe it's, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of uh, combos. All right. Yeah. Uh, So let's just do one. We'll we'll do one and one. We'll just go back and forth. Sure. Instead of, you know, because I've got like 30 things on my list. Oh, my God. Well, this is why people, we said at the top of the
0: program, this might be a (laughs) two-parter. Which then, Teal's going to break his bi-weekly rule, and we'll come back together next week and tape some more.
1: Yeah. I haven't counted my list, but it it, it looks pretty long.
0: Okay. But you know what's going to happen is we're going to tape next week, and then you're going to be like, okay, now we don't have to tape for two more weeks.
1: No 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 no, no. how I I know you your old tricks That'll that'll only happen <laughs> if, if uh something it. interrupts my better call Saul and I don't get to those Goddar movies. Okay. Okay. So hit me with one of your lists.
0: Oh, I have to go first? Well, I'll go first. I'll go first. Well, I mentioned Lady Bird was on my list oh, and I really okay. think that yeah, I, based okay. on all the things that you want, I mean, that's like that's to me a new modern classic. That yeah. it, the, why it's important, though, it's written and directed by a woman on her experiences. And yes. so, you get a whole female perspective that this this whole story, I think that's why it was such a big sensation is you've seen this story time and time again told by male filmmakers. Right. But you get a whole different attitude and everything about it by a woman filmmaker.
1: Yeah. So, I think, yeah, yeah that's a great, it's a great suggestion. You know, it's interesting. When we were that age, things were really male dominated. There were very few female directors. Yeah, there were very few female directors, and there really are now, and writers, and just female-oriented uh, movies. That are have. Uh, it's really a huge difference. You know, I was teaching a class a number of years ago, and a student asked me. She came up after class and said, "You know." Who are the female directors? And I said, Well, I hate to tell you, because uh, we were, you know, sort of film history kind of class. We weren't looking at a lot of contemporary stuff. And I said, I hate to tell you, but there just aren't that many. Yeah, you're like, Well, Leanie Reifenstahl. Tall. Yeah, well, I mentioned that. And, <laughs> like, and, you know, and of course I mentioned Agnes Varda. And, you know, I think Cleo from five to seven is worth watching. But I, I said, I hate to tell you, but it's just been a male-dominated industry until really recently. And uh, so there just aren't that many classics that I can give you that are directed by women. I mean, there are films, but just there are not a ton of them. Well, exactly. There, yeah, there's just, no, they, definitely, they exist. There's just not that many of them. Which reminds me, <laughs> another movie I loved at that age was Near Dark. Well, there's Catherine Bigelow. And there's Catherine Bigelow. So anyhow, so, okay, uh, Lady Bird, my, the next on my list is boyhood. Even though it's pretty boy-centric. Even though it's boy-centric, I feel like you can connect with it. I, I don't feel like it is overly male. But it's a, it's experience of a child growing up. That's Exactly. And of a family. And... Sort of just the changes that we go through in terms of how we relate to our family, how we find our independence uh, as parents and as children. And I I think it's just really one of the best coming of age movies. And yes, it's 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 about a male character, but I don't feel like it's a male movie in terms of like it's not a masculine film.
0: When you taught, you mentioned parents, you get to see like a mother's journey and, exactly. and a single mother's journey, but you also yes. get to see how the the father, how he evolves as a person. And part of that amazing experience of like, when you do something over a period of nine years, yeah. you see it not only in the way, like, it's not even that scenes have written out that, oh, you're, you've changed. You see their physicality
1: and- yeah. So much, and th- and that's what just makes it an amazing movie because there's no other movie quite like it. Exactly, and so, th- yeah, that's part of the reason I feel like it just kind of needs to be seen because it's such a unique piece of cinema history and a, a, a really, I think, one of the best coming-of-age movies ever. Both great.
0: All right, so there's another one, um, and I think this would be on both our lists, so I might as well mention it, but I think especially, again, with the, the Lady Bird, it's a great companion to... Uh, a recent classic, Smart.
1: <laughs> yes, that is absolutely on my list. I consider it a classic. I think it's on the level of The Breakfast Club.
0: I mean I have a few problems with plot at the end
1: but other than that it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie and it just really what I like about it is that it's a movie about friendship.
0: Yeah and that's the thing is that the dialogue between the two friends and how they behave it's it's smart, right? It's it's
1: really good writing and it's really good writing and they're both very unique characters. They're not types. Uh, they're not cliches. They're not tropes. They're actually just people. And I did watch it with my daughter, and she likes it, although not quite as much as I wanted her to. <laughs> well, you can only make your kids, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Is, that's, sometimes it's
0: frustrating, right, when a movie we really like, and they're just like,
1: whatever. <laughs> Well, but it kind of made me feel like I was a little out of touch because I watched it and I thought, this is really the movie that'll connect with teenagers. <laughs> and it turned out that it connected with me a little bit more. And I think, I, I don't know why that is exactly.
0: Now, it's sort of, I don't want to say, it reminded me of Booksmart, but you probably haven't seen because it's more of a outrageous comedy. But instead of an outrageous comedy with young boys getting into shenanigans, it's young girls getting into shenanigans. Uh-huh. It's Cockblockers. I did not see that. You should because I think it's I think it's a fun movie for parents to watch because <laughs> it's the parents get wind of these girls plan to lo- lose their virginity on like prom night or whatever, okay. and they are freaking out about it and they're trying to interfere and stop it. It's really fun, <laughs> and so I really think that that's one that. Uh, will have the kids in hysterics. I know that my son thought it was
1: funny. Okay. I yes, I will I I will put that on I mean, like I said, she she prefers comedies right now. So yeah, it's it's hard, you know, I'm I'm not really getting her to watch Taxi Driver.
0: Right. And so now I'm thinking, I'm looking at my list and I'm going, Oh, the, a lot of this stuff is serious stuff that maybe, you know, if they're looking for film schooly type stuff,
1: but geared towards right. you know, uh, female oriented versus something that's just funny. <laughs> Right and I th- but I think you know like I said at the beginning there's two types of films films on this list there's the you know fun movies because you're in high school and then there's the film school kind of movies and I think they can complement each other you know I've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off on my list yeah and I don't think I have it just feel like all kids have seen that right <laughs> like my well kids if you have. haven't you should
0: yeah I mean that's like a class. and of course it's again it's a male oriented story But it's still, it's like a fun
1: high school movie. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, it's the 80s. So, of course, it's male dominated. But I
0: just wonder, though, right? I mean, yes, kids have a good time. But see, it's like, did we have a really good time with it? Because unconsciously, we didn't even realize that,
1: oh, it's a movie being made for us, the teenage boy. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, absolutely. And the other thing is my daughter keeps coming at me with like stuff from the 80s is so homophobic. You know, when I watch any of these movies now, I'm a, kind of
0: not amazed, but I'm shocked at just how many jokes are thrown in that are, you know, it's like the easy target and there's yeah. some kind of gay joke. And it's all geared of like, you know, that it's that you can make fun of that because that's, you know, questioning, you know, your manhood or something. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if there's any necessarily gay jokes in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but the problem Not that is. I
1: remember. I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, not that I remember, but even even just the fact that the movies are so straight. Oh, man. I mean, some of these movies, I think that people will
0: rattle off as classics, they probably haven't watched them in a while, yeah. and be, <laughs> you know, maybe they're fine with that humor, but uh, I think that's what I find interesting and good about our age- it is reevaluating what some of these films did and yeah you know a lot of times when we hear like if we watch something like that from the 80s and one of these jokes come up i think almost always either i pause or we kind of mention out loud like hey look this is the way
1: christmas vacation okay yes there's this whole part with him looking at this beautiful woman oh yes and I know the joke is that it's the male gaze, but it is the male gaze, and it's cringy. I hate to use the word cringy, but that's the word my daughter. Well, a lot of a lot of that Clark Griswold stuff is cringy, (laughs) right? But some of it's funny cringy, and that's just kind of it makes him weirdly sexist, and so it's off-putting. We'll remember though, see, you probably
0: have watched that because that becomes an annual classic, but you have to remember the original Vacation, one big part of the plot was he keeps seeing Christy Brinkley. and Yes, you absolutely. Know, that's,
1: you know. But that's the kind of thing that my daughter just rolls her eyes at now and, and feels like it's a really dated joke.
0: Well, so if you want to go for not dated joke, but I think it's really, I feel it's a very seductive movie and it's maybe a film that... She might never have experienced anything quite like it. It took me many years to watch it, and I found it hypnotic and really fascinating. And it's I think that it's something that every teenage girl should check out is Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh, that's
1: a great suggestion. Oh yeah. Peter Weir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have not seen that in a long, long time. But you're right. That would that's a really good addition to the list.
0: Yeah, because it's a it's a film that poses questions not answers. Right. Which is fascinating because it's always frustrating because there's a huge segment of film goers that they need everything answered
1: for them. They want the answers, yeah. And they're they feel unsatisfied if they don't get the answers, which is weird because I kind of feel more satisfied if I don't get the answers.
0: Yeah. And there's a there was a remake, like a little mini series that was on a few years ago. We never finished it because it was trying to fill in the blanks.
1: Of plot in a story that was perfect with no answers and mystery. And that's the case with so many, I feel like, so many American remakes. Yeah. I I have not watched the whole thing because it was so bad in the first 10 minutes, Uh, the American remake of The Guilty. Oh, so- you
0: uh, agree now because i i
1: hated we on our jillen brawl right i mentioned how i hated that movie oh it's terrible it's absolutely awful and it takes whatever mystery the original has and just puts it all out there
0: yeah it was that yeah that's a perfect example of how american films go wrong
1: uh, in a remake and and a big part of the way it went wrong was jillen hall's performance it was terrible absolutely awful. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, it was a, it's a it was a total
1: misfire. Yeah.
0: What about Edge of 17? Has your daughter
1: seen that? No, and I haven't either. It's not the greatest, but it's good. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, they really my both my kids really like her. Well, you got to check out make a double feature with that and True Grit. Yes, I've been I've been trying to get True Grit on the playlist. True Grit was uh, a movie I saw in the theater with my wife,
0: but we watched it maybe a year or two ago with Alston. And uh, it, it not only holds – it's better on repeated viewings.
1: Okay, that that definitely uh, – that's going on the playlist. Yeah. But
0: her performance in that movie – I was so mad that she didn't win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And I actually think she should have been lead, but uh, she was fantastic
1: in that movie. Yeah, she's good and – I mean, she's just really interesting choices like that and then, you know, Bumblebee.
0: Yeah. Well, because she's still a (laughs) youngster, right? And, you know, that probably appealed to her. And Just like, uh, what's that? She's also in those, uh, I don't think she's in the first one, but the other ones of the Pitch Perfect.
1: Yes. And I watched all of those this summer. The Pitch Perfect
0: one is amazing.
1: Yes. And two is okay. And three is abysmal it it
0: they, it's a sliding scale for me it goes way down to the point where the third one's unwatchable
1: yeah and even my 10 year old thought the third one was pretty ridiculously bad but the first one you know it it, it that's something where if you can get a guy interested in
0: watching it, yes.
1: it's really well done. Well, and also that started the interest in the Breakfast Club. Oh, because th- like they watch it in the movie, right? Yes, yeah, and the uh, the boyfriend character is obsessed with it. That's a little bit of a trope, but hey, I'm good with that though. You know, it's like it it referencing that movie, I'm all, I'm I'm down with that. So, uh, what else you got? Well, okay, so looking over my list, I'm realizing <laughs> now yeah, we're reevaluating. <laughs> I'm reevaluating it because it's so male dominated. Okay, well, here's one that you gotta.
0: I mean, if she's into some of the things she's into, I feel like at some point every teenager is going to come across this. And now I'm not talking about the awful remake or reboot, I should say, that came out a couple years ago. Because believe me, I saw it. Uh, but the original, 1996, The Craft. Oh, yeah. You better sit her and her friends down to watch <laughs> that. That's going to yeah. be like their new secret, like awesome movie that they're going to love.
1: You're right. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, <laughs>
0: that's like guilty pleasure for me all the way. Yeah. I love that. Um, it also, it did something where there's an iconic shot in the movie that has been repeated time and time again. But what people might be kind of shocked to, to think about it when they notice the scene in the movie is that before that, that scene didn't exist. It's sort of like how people right. have like done the reservoir dogs walking thing. Yeah. Well, the craft has the girls in slow motion walking through the hallway in sort of like when they're in their more triumph mode. Right. And that has been used tons of times since. Over and over. and it's, it's become a cliché. Yeah, but that's it came from that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: Um, That's just great because it's girl bonding, but it's also mean girls, and there's witchcraft and all this other silly stuff. And it's got a whole bunch of everything, but I love it. Also, it's directed by – isn't it directed by the guy who did Heathers? Or I could be wrong on that.
1: Oh, it's done by somebody else that did – Andrew Fleming that's what uh, now I feel like I need to focus on my more female oriented movies but there's just not that many of them oh there. you know what he did he did he did Dick which is another female centric oh movie. yes oh that's a fun movie that yeah th- that should be on the list actually well that's yeah
0: this is why we, we we connect dots while we're doing this yeah yeah Dick is great I just don't again I don't know like we'll will they find it funny because
1: of the whole nixon thing is that like too not no i think they'll find it funny yeah they, i i think i don't know they they're aware of who nixon is cuz that's also well that movie is sort of it's a riff on the
0: world of henry orient right um which is another thing i didn't include cuz i'm like maybe maybe that's too dated but like that's a movie that i love. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> These two girls that have different dysfunctionalities going on in their families and they come together because they're obsessed with this uh composer guy. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they keep showing up like kind of like they're stalking him. Right, and I thought that was really funny because I knew a couple of girls in college that you actually were like that. Who were like that, where they like followed me home once after work, and I'm like, I could feel
1: some people behind me, and they (laughs) were giggling. And then, (laughs) so I also got a couple of movies from uh, the great Kate Haight, friend of the show. Ah, love Kate Haight. I think she's got a new film that she's just edited that's coming out soon. She does. Yeah. Maybe we should have her back on the show. Yeah. And so she, I've known her for a very long time. And before she even got to college, she had seen so many movies and uh, had her, her older brother I knew, and he worked at a video store and he made his sisters watch movies right and so they got quite uh, kate has a twin sister they had they got quite a film education at a very young age and male-oriented films (laughs) and yet they still love them and yet they still love them and so you know her response to this question uh you know she said martin scorsese of course (laughs) and i i made her sort of i said if you can just pick one scorsese what would it be she said goodfellas Yeah, my
0: son saw that, and he wasn't – I think, again, if he watches it another time, it's going to be a new experience for him. Um, He's seen several Scorsese, and it doesn't
1: necessarily excite him in the way that a Scorsese movie may excite us. Right. Okay. So, that's what I was saying. And then the other filmmaker she pointed out was uh, John Sayles, who – uh, is unfortunately kind of uh, I don't you know she really clicks with John. Kate does really clicked with John Sales and did as a teenager. And I think you know that's that's kind of an acquired taste. Yeah,
0: but see, I think uh, one movie. I'm not going to go into long history of this one, but a movie that's really
1: interesting that if we it is an entry point maybe from a female's perspective is uh, Baby It's You. Absolutely, and and that's the one I was thinking of watching with my daughter because it's about. The transition to college right you know john sales i think is uh for a male filmmaker incredibly good at writing female characters
0: like passion Fish*. i
1: was just going to mention passion fish and he at one point was asked I, I saw in an interview he was asked how do you write female characters so well and he said i don't write female characters i write characters and Uh, You know, I think that's just a really important insight and way that he put it, which is there's you're writing and and his films are all like this. They're all people. They're not male or female. Like he writes specific human characters, uh, regardless of their gender or their sexuality or their race. And he's a very humanistic and empathetic filmmaker. And I think that's probably what Kate Haight was connecting with. Interesting. But Kate also brought up something that I think, I'm not sure how it would play to today's audience, Uh, but movies that I really liked at the time and haven't seen in a long time. And I'm going to call it the Hartley Trilogy.
0: Oh, well, I have one of those on my uh, list is The Unbelievable Truth.
1: Yes. And uh, yeah, Kate was suggesting all three, Unbelievable Truth, Trust, and Simple Men as a trilogy.
0: It is. It's like, it is definitely like, I mean, they're not, they're not locked in as, as, as sequels, but they're like, yeah, they're like a trilogy of a certain type of film.
1: Exactly. Sort of like Bergman's trilogy of, uh, through a glass darkly and silence and winter light. Yeah.
0: The unbelievable truth, I think is the best intri- it's Well, it's the earliest of the three, yes. but it's the best entry point because even if you don't care for like his style or whatever, I think there's other things to like
1: about that one. Yeah, it is. I mean, he doesn't click with everybody. It's it's definitely an acquired taste. I every- love the unbelievable truth. Oh, I loved it, too. I saw it twice in the theater. I did, too. Yeah. and Once uh, with you. Yes, once with you. And I, I love them. And, you know, it's, it was made for almost no money in, like, a week and a half. And it's such a unique voice and vision, and the performances are, like, Wooden, and that's the point. And it's, it, yeah, it, it's it is an acquired taste, but if it, if you click with it, it's fantastic. And if you do click with it, then the other two films are great to go with it. I saw both. I saw Trust and Simple Men in the theater. Also, I like. I drove to Boston to see Trust. <laughs> I
0: was in New York at the time, so I saw it there, where the uh, theater had it in the wrong aspect ratio, so you kept seeing the mics go down, and <laughs> that was a little oh. Just-
1: it was a little uh, That happened to me on Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and you know what? Didn't ruin the movie. <laughs> I don't even know if you're making a joke. I'm not making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So anyhow, the Hartley trilogy uh, is Kate Hate's recommendation, and I think it's a fantastic recommendation. Yeah, she 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 loves his films. She does, but she's also aware that uh, he uh, kind of never lived up to those first three films, in my opinion.
0: I would agree, but uh, you know, it does point out that there's different types of filmmakers, and today, yes, that's the thing: is everything is so commercial, and I understand the reasons why. Even though you know, there's iPhones and stuff, and we just haven't seen that big generation. I know everybody thought, boy, when when you can make a movie with like relatively you know, yeah. no budget, and you have all this technology. You're going to see all these great things, and I'm still waiting. <laughs> Instead, everybody does TikToks and stuff, and right. they're trying to become a celebrity.
1: Well, I I would say that you know the the best movie shot on an iPhone is probably Tangerine.
0: Yeah, that actually is mentioned in that. Um, what's the name of that film? It's a documentary. Story of film. The story of film. That's a, yeah. a very interesting documentary and you know we could we could literally do like we could just do a, in the next year a podcast where every week we talk about the movies that are on that if we could see them all
1: because there's some really fascinating things there's some really interesting stuff that he talks about i haven't seen the entire first series i have seen maybe half of it and then I saw the most recent one which came out in 2021 uh, which is sort of the last decade of film, yeah, I mean, that guy's not going to be everybody's taste, his uh,
0: style of narration, but it, yeah, it, it what it was great about it is it does offer up some films that I'd never heard of because there are a lot of international yes. films that after seeing him uh, seeing them in the context of what he was talking about,
1: really made me want to watch them absolutely. yeah and he I, I like the guy. I mean, I have. <laughs> He's definitely not to everyone's taste. Uh, he can be a little irritating, but he is so enthusiastic and so passionate about movies and what the possibilities of the medium are that even though I don't always agree with him, I enjoy disagreeing with him. And I like getting his opinion and hearing his thoughts on things. And It's not just a straight documentary about movies. It's not just like, here's the history of film. It's really uh, one person's very individual take on what's going on in cinema. And it's a a personal essay in a way. Yeah. But he's really smart about some of the things he says. (laughs) Like, He's, he's really smart. Yeah. And has some great insights. You know, I the way he like compared frozen to fury road and then and also and the joker <laughs> and also the joker and then how fury road has the same plot as buster keaton's the general
0: is fascinating
1: yeah you know, how he was linking things together because these are not things I was thinking of. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it it's really worth watching. I Probably the entire series is 14 parts. I haven't seen all of them. Uh, and the most recent one is definitely worth watching. And he has another series on women filmmakers hmm. that's on Criterion. Well, okay. So, look,
0: we've we've talked for a bit, um, and this is probably enough for this episode. And I guess the question will be: Have we felt like we've covered this topic, uh, or do we need a second episode? That'll we
1: be we need a second episode. We've just scratched the surface. Oh,
0: okay, so we've only scratched the surface of movies for fourteen-year-olds, um, and so we will come back and do a second episode of that. And then after that, then the episode after that, we will. Dive in to Jean Luc Godard. Yes. And then maybe some of the other, um, you know, new things that we've seen because there's stuff that I am looking forward to watching. um, Yeah.
1: And hopefully we'll get the chance to to talk about all of them um, at some point. At some point. Yeah, I think the I think uh, Godard is going to take a whole episode, though. He will. We're going to
0: we'll just we'll do a whole episode on him. And then upcoming things, I definitely will want to talk about
1: Pearl. It's been interesting watching the festival season as the awards contenders uh, throw their hat in the ring. And a lot of them are failing miserably out of the gate. Well, yeah. So that's why always it happens that everybody, you
0: know, at this time of the year, that's the marketing angle yes. is possible awards and fair or unfair. That's just how they're trying to get people to watch them. Uh, some of them will, you know, make it to the finish line and others will be like, that wasn't that good
1: right like the Todd Field film is getting raves. can't wait to watch it and the uh what's his name uh, Sam Mendes film is not. not getting raves
0: no, but I will say for that while I w- why why would I watch it? Partly because I love that, you know, I love those types of movies, Right. uh, but Roger
1: Deakins. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's worth, it looks beautiful and I'm sure, I'm sure like on a filmmaking, but Sam Mendes is not a screenwriter. And he's not one of your favorites anyway. He's not one of my favorites, but I do appreciate him uh, in certain ways. Definitely not one of my favorites. You know, like I hate American beauty. Right. And maybe well, hey, that may be a good one for the teenagers to watch and tell us what they think. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious actually. That might I would I would like to hear a teenager's perspective on American All View. Right. Well, we'll see if we can get that, but we're going to cut it short. Uh,
0: well, not short, <laughs> we're cutting it long. <laughs> but uh, you know, stay with us, kids. Uh, Stuff we've seen. Uh, the uh, website's up there, stuffwe'veseen dot com, and you can. Uh, also find us on the Apple podcast and all those other podcast places and uh, Instagram, you know, there's that, um, you know, there's, there's Twitter. If, well, yeah, Twitter until, until they force uh, what's his face to actually buy it. Right. And then I will get
1: off of Twitter. We also have an email address.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jim and tail at g- gmail.com.
1: Yeah. Or stuff we've seen. At- I think feedback at stuff. We've Also there, you, there's a little feedback thing on the website. There you go. A lot of places to. A lot of pl- a lot of ways to contact us and give us show ideas and uh, pitch yourself as a guest. Yeah, so Rob Botton or Botine, if <laughs> yeah. you're listening, sir. <laughs>
0: you and Terence Malik, you've, you,
1: you've got oh my our, you've got Instagram. God.
0: Now, see, we're about to close, but I forgot. Did you did you watch the short that I told you to watch?
1: No, but I. But oh,
0: come on, man.
1: I just forgot about it. It's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. It just slipped my mind. I will watch it in time for us to talk about it on the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's your assignment from this week to next week
0: is you need to watch the short so that we can talk because that's really brief. I mean, it's just 20 minutes, but it's amazing.
1: Yeah. I will definitely watch that. So, all right, people. Um, so long. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 (laughs)